Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. and I just stumbled into you right there. Don't you love that on this day you're not quite sure what to say and so there's that condescending thing that happens where you walk into church, everyone's like, Happy Easter, and then somebody's like, <clears throat> you mean Happy Resurrection, right? And it comes across, right? So Happy Easter, Happy Resurrection, Happy Easterrection, Happy Resurrection, all of it, okay? Um, if you're a guest with us here today, and we know that we have a lot of guests with us uh, in this place, I want to be the first to say welcome. Welcome to Vine Life. Welcome to our family here. Thank you for sharing this space with us and this, this time. Um, we, we, uh, we're so happy about today and what God is doing, what God has been doing all morning. And uh, we're glad that you get to, to spend this moment with us and with our family um, you guys, uh, was it awesome seeing the baptism videos earlier, our baptisms during first service? Can we just give those guys another round of applause for <laughs> taking a step? And uh, also last night, I thought, I'd, I thought I'd mention this, just super cool. We've talked about this dozens of times, but it's really cool, especially over Easter weekend. Um, uh, last night, down in Boulder, supper in the park. Uh, we had over a hundred different people come through and be served a meal. Uh, a lot of homeless people, people that just needed a meal. And uh, over 25 vine lifers showed up with, with a gift in hand ready to serve them. And I thought that that should, that should be worth the Thanksgiving and an applause for them as well, just for bringing an awesome gift down to our friends on the streets. Because we, we both know that, you know, there's the type of good news that you say, that you bring with your mouth, but it's a whole other thing when you have a gift to give, right? And that's the, who we are as a people. We are a people of good news in both word and in deed, yeah? And so I want to invite you to be a part of that next month, uh, third Saturday of the month. Uh, it's going to be awesome. So uh, with that said, let's, let's pray together. We're going to hop in the word. The Lord has some awesome things he wants to, to move us through today. Uh, because he is alive. And so would you join me in prayer today? Father, I thank you. I thank you that um, this, this morning, this time, uh, that you thought of before the foundations of the world were laid. God, and I thank you for every person that is here today, that maybe even if they felt like they're here by accident, or they were driving by, or they're not even entirely sure how they got here. God, I thank you that today, as we celebrate your life, as we celebrate the fact that you're risen, I thank you that you have something you want to speak to every heart. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that your power is not distant from us, but your power is here in this place today. And I just pray for your Holy Spirit to rest on us and continue to rest on us, God, throughout the course of this morning. We welcome you, Holy Spirit of God. We say, have your way. As we open your word Lord, we thank you that your word is alive because you are alive, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the word that was spoken to us and you are alive. And so we pray that you deliver the message that you want to bring to each heart and that we would respond accordingly, Jesus. We gather to adore you, to celebrate who you are. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I really do, I really do love this day. Um, this is my, fir- it's my third time being able to share an Easter message, and I'm hoping this one's, this one's a, a good one here. Um, I love the day because it's very, it's just no mistake 
um, in case it ever is mistaken, it's not today, that the headline is Jesus, okay? You came into this place in case there was ever one, anyone wondering what the headline, what the big deal, what the main point is, the headline is Jesus today. Is anybody with me on that? Can anybody share that with me? Okay, cool. I was starting to wonder if this was an Easter crowd or not, um, but the headline definitely, unashamedly, is Jesus in this place. And uh, the cool thing is that that's not something that just we're talking about. That's something everybody's talking about. Even if you're not a Christian, even if you're not a believer in Jesus, Jesus is kind of a big deal today all around the world, all right? Which means that you're going to go home tonight, you're going to turn on the news, or you're going to be flipping, you know, you're going to be on Facebook and see some ads and, and see some articles uh, all about Jesus. People are really interested in Jesus today, right? He is really one of the most well-respected human beings, uh, you know, over the last 2,000 years and for a lot of different reasons. But every, everyone today is talking about it. You don't have to be uh, a Christian to talk about him because people are asking the questions, all right, who was this Jesus? Did he really rise from the dead? What did he really do? Did he do really do? all the things that he said he did, that all these Christians are saying that he did. So everybody wants to talk about him. Specifically, most people want to respect him as one of the many paths to God. And we hear that. We hear that all the time. Um, that, wow, Jesus, he's just a great option as far as paths to God. And that, that whole idea, and I'm sure all of us have heard that before, um, uh, it, it's kind of part of our mainstream conversation. It's what people, how people kind of categorize different world religions and streams of thought and, and spiritual journeys. We just call them paths to God, and the metaphor kind of goes like this, that, that God is on the top of a mountain, and he, you know, everybody's just kind of making their way up and journeying up different sides of the mountain. Anybody heard this one before? And, and, and so what's going to happen is that, you know, you get to the top of the mountain, and you see somebody else across the the way, and he's like, whoa, how did, how did you get up here, right? What way did you take? Well, I took the east side or whatever. I'm like, are you serious? I took the north side. And I'm thinking, what north side? Why would you take that side? Like that, it's like rocky and icy and this whole thing. That's like the hardest side out of all the sides, right? And then the other guy comes along. He's like, I don't, I don't know what either of you are talking about. I just took the elevator up, right? I just said, who knew the mountain had an elevator? And, and, and so we, we talk about it kind of like that as if, as if God is, is just kind of sitting there waiting for us to do something, waiting for us to get up and do our best to make our ways up to the side of the mountain. And the problem with this is it sounds really encouraging on one hand, but the only problem with this, it makes God out to be a very twisted, passive being and person where he would sit there and he would just watch us trying to scramble up all these different paths on the mountain, uh, trying to make our way to the top. And he's just hoping that we would just get it for once, right? And he's just sitting there. One of these days, they're going to get it. They're going to figure it out. They're going to get over their junk. Uh, they're going to they're gonna have enough spiritual fervor. They're going to do enough good things. They're going to give away enough money. They're going to travel around the globe to, to, to bless people more. They're going to do this or that or you name it. They're going to fill themselves with this thinking or empty themselves of this thinking. And if they could just get this right, then they will find me up here. But the problem is that that makes God to be at a certain, uh, to be, to be a certain person that he's not. And we find that in Jesus, God had a very different thought for us. And here is his thought for us. And can I just say this? Can I just announce this? I'm hoping this is safe ground today to just kind of get this out in the air. But even on our best day, when left to ourselves, can I just, can I just say something? There are no paths to God when left to ourselves. And God knew this. 
He knew this from the beginning. And he decided to say a word to us. He decided to announce a word who was his son Jesus. He said, listen, I know that even on your best day and on your, you got your best clothes on, you can't carve out a path to get to the top. And guess what? I'm not expecting you to do that. I know you can't do that. So I'm not asking you to make a path up to me. I'm going to make a path to you. And Jesus decided, he said, or God, God decided, I'm sending my son because there needs to be a way. And so Jesus came as a trailblazer. Was there, there was no path to God. Jesus came that in Christ we would have a way to the Father. That, that it wouldn't be relied on our best, uh, our best days, on our best works, on our best religious constructs, on our best, our best ideas. And today on Easter Sunday, can we just kind of gather around this for a second? We're not here because we were smart enough to find a path to God and we think that we were smart enough to find the right path that is better than all paths. We are here because God, we're announcing that we didn't have a path to God. There was nothing we could do, but he made a path back to us because he loved us. I just am not that good, right? I mean, I, you know, I grew up in the church. I, I grew up as a good Christian boy. I did a lot of good things, like, compared to some people, right? And I was that, that kid. I attended enough youth events and missions trips and all those things. And, but I had to come to the realization, and I think all of us do, that, that listen, even on that track, even on my best days, even when I feel like I'm getting things right, I don't have the power to create a path. And so guess who captured my heart? The one who made a path to me. And that's why I'm a believer in Jesus here today. That's what we're invited into. The fact that God didn't ask us to make the first move. He made the move to us. <laughs> he made the move. We serve a God who makes the first move. He is a God who is on the move. And we as we read in the scripture, he went to the cross and he didn't stay on the cross. He went to the tomb. He didn't stay on the tomb. And come on, we're here today because Jesus is alive. He didn't just move once. He's still on the move. So let's open up the scripture this morning. And at Luke chapter 24. And we're going to read the resurrection story. We couldn't find the way. He became the way. God is on the move. You know, in Hebrews 10, it says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened up for us, through the curtain that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Listen to this. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who is promised is faithful. A new and living way has been made. So can we just kind of free ourselves as we're going we're to jump in the resurrection story? But I, what, I'm, what I'm asking for all of us here today, can we just collectively make the decision to get rid of the silly idea that God is just hanging out on the top of a mountain waiting for us to get our crap together? Can I say that word? Is anybody going to get up and leave? Is that okay? Do you ever feel like that, even though you don't say it? I know you do. Let's just get rid of that picture. Yes, Jesus is seated. He is on a throne. But we serve a God who is still on the move. He's on the move. That's what we're about to find out. Luke chapter 24, verse 1. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, 
they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has arisen. Remember how we told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other woman with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. Amen? And so this is the passage where the disciples, where the, the women, Mary, stumbles upon the site of the resurrection. And when we read in this passage that there's mystery, there's confusion. Uh, it says that, that Mary was perplexed by what she was hearing. The women were perplexed. And as they would pass the message along to the apostles about what was going on, it says the apostles wrote them off. They said, this is just like, this is obviously like a fairy tale. They said it's an idle tale. Who can believe this? They didn't believe it. They just, there's no way to believe it. Now, if you and I were there on that day, I'm sure it would be hard for us to believe too. I mean, I'm sure we would be astounded as well. But come on, these guys saw something that we didn't see with our own eyes. And two days before, they saw something unbelievable happen to the one they called Savior, the one they called Jesus. Something totally unexpected. They didn't know it was going to happen like this. And on that Friday, they got to witness their brother, their, their son, their, their friend, their leader, their Messiah. And one day be betrayed, be denied, be mocked, be taken captive. With a crown of thorns shoved on his head, he would be beaten and lashed. He would be crushed, bruised, spear through his side. They witnessed not just Jesus passing away in a what we would consider a normal way. Jesus, there was nothing normal about his death. He was professionally executed by the most powerful government in the ancient world, which is the Roman Empire. And if there's one thing they knew how to do, it was how to kill a man. And the Romans, this is kind of their sweet spot. This is what they knew how to do. They knew how to make a man suffer as long as they could and then thoroughly drain him of every ounce of life that they could. They wanted him thoroughly dead. Jesus came as a movement from heaven to the earth to bring movement to the earth. And the Roman Empire decided they wanted to end this, mo- this movement once and for all, and they did that in the most efficient way they knew possible, which is to put him on a tree with nails in his hands and feet. So they wanted him dead. They wanted him to stay dead, and so did the Pharisees. They're like, we want you dead. We want you to stay dead. And so we read that not only is he crucified, he dies a sinner's death, but he gets put into a cave. He gets put into a tomb where they would roll a stone in front of the tomb, which is not entirely common in those days. They would a giant st- a stone in front of the tomb and then seal the tomb, which is a whole different thing. 
And then if that weren't enough to keep him in, then they had, 20, they had guards, armed guards, stand in front of the tomb 24 hours a day just to make sure that he didn't get out, nobody else got in, nothing fishy was going to happen. We're going to make sure he doesn't do what he said he's going to do. He's not getting out of here. He is done. He's going to sit still for a while. And so you can imagine the disciples watching all of this, their Messiah being put to death as he was. And then all of these efforts to keep him locked away, as if like he's being locked in a giant bank vault vault or something. And you can imagine those conversations on that Saturday as, as the disciples were kind of trying to make sense of everything that happened in such a short period of time. You know, Friday night and on Saturday, they're trying to comfort each other, and I'm sure that they're asking questions like we all do when unexpected things happen. We're thinking, what in the world? What did, did, that, did that just happen? Like, did, did we actually see that with our eyes? Was that a dream or a nightmare? Did, this, did what we see, did that actually just happen? Did that happen to Jesus in front of our eyes? Is he dead right now? Is Jesus actually gone? The one that they had thrown their whole lives towards. They, they walked away from everything they knew. Mary, the mother of Jesus, You have to imagine what that must have been like for her as the mother of God's son. She saw him from the beginning. She knew his every step. She knew his calling and his destiny. And for for them to see him crushed, you've got to imagine that they felt crushed themselves. And they felt probably stuck in an impossible situation. Which it makes sense why they, they would stumble across an empty tomb or hear about an empty tomb in this particular passage that they would be perplexed. They would be confused. They'd be like, no, 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 no. There's no way. I just, if what just happened happened, there is no way. Is there? Is there a way? I don't think there's any way. They're asking these questions. It says they're perplexed. They're confused. And I love how the angel decides to respond to Mary in this, in this passage. You see, she stumbles upon a tomb looking for one thing. And here's what she gets back. As she's looking for the body of Jesus in the open tomb, the angel asks her, why do you seek the living among the dead? And then he announces to her, he is not here. He's risen. And it's an interesting thing, but if you were in Mary's shoes and you were there that day and an angel makes an announcement to you and you go looking for Jesus and an angel says back to you, he's not here It's pretty amazing that that may have been the best news that she could ever hear in that moment. That what her heart needed to hear after seeing what she saw and carrying what she carried with her heart, the best news that could ever come to her in that point in time is you're looking for him, but he is not here. He's not where you're looking for him. Now, it's interesting it's a funny thing because for us as believers, we gather in this place, you know, a lot of us, week after week, and we celebrate kind of the cornerstone of our faith is the fact that he is here, right? That he is alive and he's moving and, 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 and breathing and he's, he's active among us, that he hasn't left us alone. We serve a God whose name is Emmanuel, God with us. He's with us in every season. He's with us in every pain, every hurt, every area of brokenness, every, every, every ounce of good and, and life and, and the, the bright sides. He's, he's in all of those things, but in this moment, that's not what she needed to hear. She didn't need to hear uh, where he is. She just needed to know that he wasn't there. 
And there's something that we have to be reminded of today where 99% of the, the year, and even today, we celebrate the fact that Jesus is here, and that's really good news. But come on, it's also good news to know where he's not. You know where he's not? He is not dead and lifeless in a tomb by himself. He's not there. He isn't there. And you got to imagine what this did for her heart to know that that's where she thought he was and he's not there. So this is good news. This is worth shouting. This is worth singing about. This is worth throwing our arms in the air and doing a little, doing a little shout of praise. And, and you got to imagine that probably happened as she went back to the apostles and said, guys, 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 listen to this. He's not there. They're like, what? Are you kidding me? Are you serious? This is amazing. He's not there. I mean, can you imagine how absurd it would be to sing that song on a Sunday morning? He is not here. He is not here. Go somewhere else and find him. You know, this whole thing. I mean, that's probably not going to happen. But when we're talking about the sting of death, when we're talking about the grave, some of you know what the grave feels like. When you're talking about the tomb, cold and lifeless, when you're talking about the cross and hurt and pain and brokenness, there's something that we need to be reminded of on this Easter Sunday, that we know that Jesus is alive. And so that means he no longer remains in the place of death. He is not there. He's risen. And come on, this is good news for us today. Yes, he tasted death. Yes, he went to the cross. Yes, he went to the grave. Yes, in his death, he died our death. And yes, he swallowed it up. But guess what? He didn't stay there. In his power, in his might, predestined from the beginning of time, he would conquer death. He would tell death who is master, who is Lord. He would rise, and then he would just walk off and leave. He would just move on. He didn't just rise from the dead. He moves on. How awesome is that? It's the Jesus we serve. He is the Jesus who refuses to sit still. He's the Jesus who won't stay where he's put. He's the Jesus who won't do as he's told. He's the Jesus that refuses to stay where we left him. He doesn't do that well when we tell him to stay put. Why? Because he's God on the move. He was moving from the beginning. He's moving now. He woke up from death and decided to move on. I'm not here anymore. I'm just going to move on. This is unbelievably good news for us. And here's why. I think there's, it's a profound thought that Jesus would get up from the tomb and then just walk away. He would get up from a place of death and just go somewhere else. And, and here's what I think this means for us today. I think it means a lot of things, but just a quick thought. Jesus, the power of the gospel is that Jesus doesn't just meet us, he moves us. I want you just to think about this for a second. He doesn't just meet us in a place of death, he moves us on from that place to new places. And some of you need to hear that, especially some of you who you've believed in Jesus for a long time. And maybe you know the Jesus who's met you. And that's why you're even here, and that's why your heart was captured in the first place, because, man, Jesus met you in a rough spot. Maybe he met you in a place of brokenness, in a place of pain, maybe even a place where you felt like it was death, you had nowhere else to go, and you love that Jesus. But, but sometimes it's easy, to, even when Jesus meets us in that place, it's easy to not take him up on his invitation to leave, and it's easy just to get comfortable in that place of brokenness. And so years later, we're still talking about how broken, how messed up things in our life. Now listen, I'm not making light of your situation. Some of you have walked through things that I'll never know anything about. But I do know this about the gospel. Jesus is faithful to meet you in the grave. 
but he's determined to move you on from there. And sometimes it's a change in the way we're thinking. It's a change in our reality. It's a change in perspective. It's a change in a lot of things. But he's determined not to sit still. He's a God of movement. He's a God who moves. And so I think a good way to say it among the church and among our family here is, you know, this is a place, and even among the family of God, you come as you are, just don't stay as you are. There's no, there's no reason. <laughs> See, and and here's the thing. We have to understand about Jesus. Jesus didn't come to just bring compassion. He came to bring power as well. His compassion is always partnered with his power. If he came just to meet us in our brokenness and and then just kind of give us a hug and be with us, but to offer no help, to offer no power, to offer no saving grace, that's called being a good friend, but not a great savior. And he knew what we needed, a savior and a friend. So he's faithful not to just meet us, and he comes into where we are. That's why Hebrews calls him the sympathetic high priest, because he's walked through every temptation that you and I have. He's walked through every life circumstance, and and, in an eternal way even, that you and I have. And he knows what that's like, but he also knows what it's like to take a step away from that, because there's the power of God inside of him, and the same power that is in Christ has been offered to us today, to where we don't have to sit where we were told to sit. We don't have to stay in that place. We can actually take steps into life, into freedom, into new places. We get to walk away from the grave. <laughs> so Jesus, he, he shows up compassion and power. He meets us in that place. And I think, again, I, I believe that there are some of us here. You need to respond to his invitation. He's not saying I've left you alone. That's not what I'm saying here this morning. He's just saying, listen, I, I want to invite you. There's some places to see. There's some new places to go. Would you come with me in those places? And that means you get to walk away from some of those things and change the way you think. It's the power of God. But then also, I, I believe that in, in this room here today, some of you came in here, and maybe you're not even sure how you got here. I mean, it's Easter Sunday, so maybe you're driving down the road, and like, I, I need to go to church today. And, that's, and, I, and to you, again, I, we're just thankful that you would share this time in this space with maybe some of you haven't been to church in a really long time and you're not really sure if you deserve to be here. I mean, and you're thinking about your life and you're thinking about the things that you've held and, 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 and behaviors that you had and you think that maybe, maybe God wouldn't be interested in, in where you're at right now and surely, um, and surely there's people in the room that are in seasons right now where if you kind of evaluate it, it feels like there's been a little bit of a crushing. There's been a, been a little bit of a beating. There's some broken places that you're not sure what to do with, and you're not even sure how to get out of them, and, and you've been trying to get out of them, and you're thinking even, maybe if I can get out of that, maybe Jesus will like me again. Maybe I can, I can access the, the resurrection life again if I can just get over my stuff. But can I, like, can I just announce to you, can I say to you today, just as you came today, Jesus is ready here to meet you in that place, and he has power reserved for you on your behalf. The cross is power towards those who believe. He isn't waiting for you to get your stuff together. He wants to meet you right now because he has places to move you to. I believe that. There's faith in this place for that this morning. And I know that some, some here, just because I have enough conversations, I mean, I, I know we put on our, our nice Jesus face for Sunday morning, but some of the stuff that we're walking through, come on, be honest with yourself, some of you. The stuff that you're walking through isn't pretty and it isn't nice. 
In fact, it feels a lot like a cold, damp grave. But that is the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's not asking you to scramble up the mountain to find the answers. He's saying, listen, reach out to me because I've reached out to you. I've made a way. I've made a way. I've moved towards you. Now, would you move with me? And so this morning we want to we want to give you a beautiful demonstration of this particular message. Cannot withstand the strength and the power of Jesus. There's nothing the enemy can do to hold you against the movement of God on your behalf. And this morning as we end our time here today, we cannot leave this place without putting out an invitation to respond to the movement of Jesus today, to the power of God, the resurrection of God. And some of you are here, and I think this hits us in different ways. You see, I think some of us, like I mentioned earlier, some of you, you've been walking with the Lord for a while, but you're in a place where he's inviting you to new places, and, and you haven't been able to do that. All you know is you can't, you, you can't stay where you're at, but you know you need to move with him into those places. You need to welcome the, the work of God to take you into new freedom, into new life, into new joy. And some of you are here today, and you cannot leave those doors before responding to the power and the invitation of God to move with him today. But I do believe that there's others, and maybe you're at a point in your life, you're at a point where you just, you just know you've tried a lot of options, you've tried a lot of the paths, you've tried the best of your ability to get as far as you can and to fix your life, and you know that you've run out of energy. But God's heart for you today is, is for you to know he knows that too. And he's provided a way for you through the power of Christ. He was crushed and he was beaten for us so that we would know his life, so that we could be resurrected into new life as well. And some of you here today, maybe you've never responded in that way before, but today is the time for you to respond to the invitation of Jesus and say, God, I've tried it myself. I can't do this. I am here because I'm announcing, God, that I have come to the end of myself and I need you to move me on and to lead me on from this place. And so if we could bow our heads in this place, if you could just bow your heads together I'm gonna I want to ask you to do something bold and I know we're on different ends of the spectrum for some of us it's just you need to respond to the invitation from God for places you've been stuck others you need to respond to the same invitation because you've come to the end of yourself and maybe you've never done this before. Maybe this is a new experience for you, but you know who you are because there's a fluttering inside of you right now. There's something happening. There's a burning in your heart. You know this is your time and this is your moment. And I want to say, do not let this moment pass you by. Do not let this moment pass you by. And if you're here today and you need to respond to the invitation of God and you want to respond to the power of God and, 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 and move with him in that way and, and allow the Lord to meet you where you're at and move you from where you're at, what I want you to do across the room, if that's you, would you just stand up? Would you just stand up across the room? And I'm going to give you some time here. We got some people in the back. Come on, this is your moment. This is your time. Some of you need to acknowledge where you're at and where you've been. God's power, the faith of God is here for you today. 
Come on, there's people that are responding to the invitation of Jesus. If that's you, do not, do not sit there like you have it all together. Stop pretending. Respond to the power the Lord has in store for you in this moment. And this is not a forced response. This is not something where the Lord is making you do something. It's, an, it's just simply an invitation. He's inviting you. He's just saying, listen, I would love to take you by the hand and lead you to new places here. Yeah, thank you, God. Come on, there's people around the room that are standing up. I'm going to give you a little bit more time. This is important here. And if you see, just begin praying now. Begin praying for the power of God to be displayed in this place even now. We thank you, Jesus. <laughs> There's a bunch of people about to get some awesome breakthrough in this place. I just want to thank you and I honor you guys for standing. And let's, let's do it like this, and we do it like this often. And if you're comfortable with this in this place, I, we're going to ask the, the, the church around you, if you, if, if you would like to participate in this, we're going to ask those around you, if you're standing, they're going to lay their hands on you, and we're going to pray for each other in this moment. Because I believe there is an impartation of the power of Christ that transcends understanding. And he's responding to your boldness right now. He's responding to the fact that you've come to the end of yourself, that you've come to the end of your best efforts. So we want to partner with you in prayer. So begin to pray for that person. I'm going to pray right now. Jesus, I thank you in this place for every man, every woman, every son and daughter in this place who has responded, Lord God, and saying, I need the power of Christ. I cannot stay where I am. I need to move from this place. I thank you that you have the power because you rose from the grave to break every chain of death, to break every chain of despair, of sin, of shame. We say, be gone in the name of Jesus. This is not a place for you. Jesus is not there anymore. He is not there anymore because he conquered that place and he's moved on. I thank you to speak to every heart right now, Lord God, and to bring the comfort of the Holy Spirit and the power of God, the fire of God, to come and pull us from where we're at into new life. God, we thank you, Jesus, that you're powerful enough to pull us from where we're at into new life. And we just pray for the display and the, of your greatness and your power in the lives of each person standing right now, that there would be unbelievable breakthrough in the ways that they need breakthrough, Lord God. We thank you to impart to them every resource of heaven, Lord God, that came, that came through the success of the cross and through the power of your resurrection. We, you died our death, Lord God, and you rose again to life so that we could be alive. And we announce life and freedom and victory in this place in the name of Jesus together. <laughs> Come on, if anybody agrees and wants to thank the Lord with me, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you for who you are, God. We thank you that you haven't left us alone, Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, that even when we couldn't do it, you could. We thank you that paths are being created right now, that you're blazing new trails to you right now, Jesus. And I thank you for your power to be made manifest in our lives in this place, God. We thank you, God, for your resurrection. We thank you that you're a God who's on the move. You, we thank you, Father, that you refuse to stand still and that you're leading us on. I thank you for freedom. We thank you for victory in this place. And some of you, as we end our time, 
as we end our time here today, we're going to have our ministry team come up in a little bit. Some of you need to get more prayer and actually talk about these things going on in your life. Some of you maybe need to pray a prayer to receive the Lord, to actually put your faith and your trust in Jesus and who he is. Salvation is by grace through faith. It's a gift. It's not something we earn. It's something he freely gives to us. And some of you need to respond in that way. But this morning, before I hand off to Nick to do announcements, I just, I just thought across this room all morning, there's just been the display of God's power in our lives through baptism, through songs, through dramas, through stories. And I just don't want to leave this Resurrection Sunday without another big shout of praise to our God who is faithful, who has made a new and living way to him. Come on, does anybody here want to lift their eye to shout to God? We thank you, Father. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.